fantastic to have you on the show. I know that this sort of continues um, a theme as regards to the podcasts have gone with regards to sort of inclusivity and accessibility in golf and growing the game. Um, but for those that don't know who you are, um, if you could give us a, an introduction, your background, your, your, your journey into golf, uh, and then hopefully that the conversation can, can develop from there. Yeah, of course. So um, obviously, uh, my name is Kai. Um, it's a lot easier. The first three letters in the whole long name. It's uh, <laughs> easy, to, easy to keep it that short. Um, so yeah, we, um, I'm one of the founders of the Golf Trust. So myself and Frank Harrington, we set uh, set the charity up nine years ago. We're coming to our tenth year. Um, primarily, its goal was to to get into the community and engage um, disabled participants and create a pathway. And um, since we started nine years ago, that's flourished into something that we never thought would be as big and, and moving as quick as it has, not just in the UK, but internationally uh, as well. Um, it's no secret. I think most people in golf may recognise my surname. Um, my family, um, my dad, my mum, they built the Shire London Golf Club in London. Uh, okay. So Seve's only in the UK. Um, so golf's in my, in my, um, in my DNA, so the, the whole operations of it. So as a family, um, my mum, my dad, myself, my brother, We've um, we work in the in the industry, so we build, operate, and, and run golf courses. Um, but the golf trust got set up nine years ago uh, out of uh, sort of when you find your way. Do you know what I mean? So my dad wasn't very well, and um, one thing led to another, and uh, ended up starting. I have no idea. Well, what can I do? Saw a, a, a lad at a, a petrol take a petrol station with his dad who had Down syndrome, and just okay. sitting there watching the interaction between yeah, the two. Just yeah. If my dad don't recover, if he don't, how is he going to be? What can it, what can we do together? And golf gave us everything. Um, yeah. So I thought, well, done a bit of digging, made one phone call um, to an organisation, and their words were, "Listen, son, even if you saw five thousand people, you couldn't help." Yeah. Hang that phone up quickly. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and literally, I was just battered out straight away, and then. Yeah. We managed to find a couple of organisations, so Special Olympics and uh, Disabled Golf Association. All we wanted to do was an event, which was like a Texas scramble, where we had uh, members of a golf club, uh, members from Special Olympics and, and golfers with a physical disability playing together in a team just to showcase the possible. Yeah, and, yeah. Then uh, that literally was it. And it sort of snowballed from there into something that, uh, that yeah, we we're today we're all across the UK. We've got projects in the Caribbean. We've got projects starting in Africa as well. So... It's um, it's evolving all the time because it's a unique, unique area of what we do. We don't really operate golf clubs. Golf clubs run themselves. Yeah, um, yeah. The key, those people who never get the opportunity to play golf, see golf, access golf, and, and understand the benefits that we know golf can bring. Yeah. That's where we operate. That's our modus operandi. We we want to go in and get people active, get people talking, make families healthier. Um, those are our goals. And if you achieve those goals you're going to get golfers. Yeah, so it's yeah. sort of flipping how we look at it. Amazing. So, so in terms of, I mean, it's obviously a fascinating story and obviously one that's, um, you know, a, a, you know, a great example of, um, you know, some of the great work that's going on, you know, behind the scenes, I suppose, because, you know, I, I know to many, it's, it's not something that I'll be too familiar with. T typically, what sort of age ranges do you uh, are involved in the, uh, of, uh, of the people that are involved in uh, the Golf Trust? Uh, three to 103. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so we we start as young as three years of age. Um, yeah. So we've got participants um, with very early diagnosis of ASD and autism. Yeah. Um, come through our doors, just 
simple sort of things as rolling, throwing, catching, just little fu- functional movements that yeah, we start yeah. operating with the families and just giving some ideas rather than just specific golf. Yeah. Um, and then all the way to our care home dementia projects, which are, which are going really successfully and growing as well. So thus going into sort of um, your residential care homes, engaging the residents. So the generation that raised us, no one really engages with, especially during yeah, COVID yeah. now. The isolated are more isolated, the inactive are more active. There's a fear and a stigma to going outside now. So yeah. we need to go, we need to engage these people. Um, my grandparents passed and there's a, one, one who's doing all right. But yeah. now if they were in a home, who's going to go and see them? Um, if I can't get in there to see them, who's going to engage? Who's going to talk to them? We yeah. can rely on the care staff, but in terms of the physical activity, we need to keep them engaged and keep them active to keep them healthy.